It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right, uh, welcome in on this uh, Victory Monday for the uh, Pirates in both football and basketball. Great P-Man here with you as we uh, get ready for another endeavor, another week of uh, excitement that we'll be uh, bringing you here on the PJ Show. Nice to have you along. Let's uh, say hello to Philip the Rep Pilkington. He's uh, in the house today producing uh, the effort. Intern William as well. Pilk, what's happening? What's happening is it is a victory Monday in Pirate Nation times two. Basketball with the win. Football with the win. It's a great Monday. Usually I'm not this happy on Mondays, P-Man, but I'm stoked. (laughs) Nobody is. Nobody is. We've got Inside Pirate Athletics. It returns tonight. It'll be originating from tiebreakers. I'll be heading over there in just a little bit. So uh, join us uh, for that, if you will, as uh, we will have uh, Pirate uh, Coach Mike Houston, we'll have Julius Wood, we'll have uh, Andrew Conrad on the program. Steve and I go and myself will be hosting it for you tonight. You can listen to it right here on 94.3 The Game. Cy Seymour coming up in just a little bit. We'll also have Jay Sonalder uh, at the bottom of the hour for some uh, football talk and uh, more. So uh, stay with us as we will uh, get into all of that. But right now, let's get a pirate report in. Hit it. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, uh, Coach Houston talked about the post-game atmosphere after the big win. Incredible, uh, incredible scene on the field with, uh, we had a huge, huge group of Pirate fans down in the corner of the end zone, and it was a great scene on the field down there with our players and our fan base, and uh, yeah, I just, it's special to have that kind of interaction between the two. And then, you know, that locker room was, that was a special one. So it's, uh, you know, obviously you know, a huge weight lifted off of a lot of people because, and we talked about it, uh, yesterday and again this morning, you know, we've been close, we've been close, we've been playing better, you know, but we hadn't, you know, made it over the hump and, you know, put one away. And, uh, certainly, you know, we, it, it may have not have been the prettiest thing in the world at times, but I'm telling you what. Uh, it was a very uh, decisive victory tonight uh, here in uh, Boca. Absolutely, and the uh, Pirates come through with that uh, win. This is uh, Coach Houston on uh, his defensive staff and the players on that side of the ball. I think it, it starts with a couple of things. First, you know, uh, I've got I've got a great uh, coaching staff on that side of the football, and you, we, a lot of us have been together for a long, long time. And you know, it's there's a lot of just you know trust and and just continuity and stuff and then those kids on the field um you know a lot of those guys have been playing since they were freshmen and uh and they've they've been built over a lot of tough times and and the one thing i said coming into the season that i knew about this team is we had a tough physical hard-nosed defense Uh, that's just the way those kids are built and you know what you're going to get every single week uh, and certainly, you know, it was as good as 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 ever tonight uh, against a very talented team. Uh, then we got Coach Houston on the big special teams performance and getting the win at FAU. 
and we have a lot of confidence in Andrew. I mean, I've trotted him out there for some long field goals, and you know he's missed a couple, uh, but you know he doesn't blink, and uh, he, he's a real competitor, and uh, he has talent, and so that that combination right there makes him you know a guy that can go out there and be unfazed. And you know I thought Luke and the punt unit did a great job. I mean, we worked really really hard this week on ball location and our coverage against Western because he has really hurt people this year. Uh, and I, I thought they did a great job. And then, you know, our kickoff unit, uh, you know, great job by them. So I think special teams, we talked about this morning, but special teams could be the deciding factor in this ball game, and certainly it was a huge piece. All right. Uh, well, let me see. Uh, Alex, we talked more about him and uh, how Alex Conrad has gotten better each week. Here's Coach Houston. I told him in the locker room, I said, I know. I said, you're going you're gonna to get chewed out over some things tomorrow in film, but, but you, you gave us a great chance to win tonight. But going out there and executing, uh, you know, keeping all of us together, he does a great job managing the huddle. And, and you, you'd be shocked at how many things go on that he handles on the field, uh, and he, he's playing better and better every week. And, uh, and as long as he'll continue to do that, then you know, we are going to continue to play better and better each week. And uh, last one from Mike Houston here after the Pirate uh, win. He says it's good for the young guys to get experience and taste of victory. You forget sometimes that uh, it, was, it was about 10 months ago we're celebrating a bowl, bowl victory. And, uh, you know, so those young guys, they, they weren't a part of that. You know, even though the old guys, and that's part of the, the way that our kids keep on battling each week is those old guys, they know that, you know, how close you are. Uh, but certainly, you know, getting tangible uh, results like tonight is very important for those freshmen. And we played a lot of freshmen tonight. With some of the injuries we have right now, we had, a, we had several guys playing in their first game tonight uh, on special teams. You had, you know, the blocked punt by, you know, Julian Davis playing in his third game ever. And uh, what a pivotal play that is. And so it's great for those guys to not only be able to get that experience, but also to experience victory. All right. Well, look. Good win for East Carolina. I think you got to be happy about that. A, a little bit of an upset. Defense held FAU to 20 points below their season's average. And, Pilk, just the relief that Mike Houston had on the ESPN Plus telecast, their postgame with uh, Smacker, the sideline uh, reporter, and then listening to him on our network. Uh, you know, I think not only is he proud, but I think it's a good thing because I, I don't think anybody saw this coming, Pilk, and I think a lot of people felt like, okay, you know, th th this is just going to be another L, and uh, maybe you can defeat one of these last two teams. But now you have a chance to build a little momentum as you go into the uh, offseason. And two games that I would say, even though Navy's on the road, Navy's always tough, winnable. I think it is, and I think it was just a weight lifted off his shoulders. I don't think he was on the hot seat. I think that we were going to keep him next year, even if they no. didn't win another game. But no he can't have that mindset, and I think he... He knows now, I think, that his job's safe. And like you said, if you can go out there and win these next two or even one of these next two, that helps with recruiting. It helps with NIL. It helps with everything. Winning cures all. So uh, just a lot. And I'm sure he's you know happy for these seniors. It would have really stunk if these seniors went 1-11. and 11. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is Surad Ware, who finally said the practice uh, for the Pirates translated onto the field. I mean, it was pretty much the same thing we do. You know, and, in, and in no, nothing really new. You know, right. we come together as a defense during the week. We put in the same effort in practice, and we went out there and did it in the game. Uh, more from Surad Ware, who says uh, that the uh, 
Talks about the success of the three-man rush against uh, the quarterback for FAU. And uh, there are a lot of uh, things that uh, were beneficial with that uh, and, and I think had a big imprint on the game. Here is uh, the defensive lineman wear on that. We've been working on that three-man rush, and we actually, you know, got home now. We've done a little more, you know, moving or whatnot, but we actually got home. We worked on it. We put it together. And as far as Derm and coverage, he's, you know, he's helping them back deep. So we really just put in the work to get home, actually get home this week. All right, uh, let's get to basketball, who had a great uh, victory over Campbell. And, uh, Pilk, I know you were busy with football. I called the game, of course, for ESPN+. And what happened there was uh, the Pirates were clearly the better team. They were the more physical team. They were the more athletic team. Uh, they were the more complete team, an offensive-minded uh, team, played great defense. But they were a lot more aggressive than Campbell. And as a result you saw East Carolina have a bunch of fouls called on them, 20-plus fouls whistled in the game. I thought some of the calls uh, outside of the fouls, just some of the other calls were not great uh, whistles against the Pirates. So Mike Swartz uh, was pleased overall with his uh, team's defense, and this is what Coach had to say after the game as we roll on in today's Pirate Report. Yeah, I would say that, you know, from a um, defensive standpoint, Really felt like for most of the game that that was what we wanted to try and do. Uh, I talked about it for a couple of days that that's really where our time and emphasis was uh, was defense, and I thought we did that. Um, you know, I mean, you're playing with a lead late game. This is early in the season. We obviously haven't had any opportunity to to truly be in that situation between press offense, free throws a team that's just going to go downhill. They obviously abandoned what they were trying to do in terms of the, the, the continuity of their offense. They were more just trying to drive the ball. They had to score quick with great yep. respect for them. They did a good job. And you know what, to be quite frank, I hope we're in that situation many times uh, in terms of us having a lead late game and, and a team has to go to something. So we'll work on that. And it probably, if, if there's anything defensively that I'm a little frustrated with, is obviously the fouling yep. and, and late game fouling, silly fouls. Um, and so we just got to keep growing and maturing as a team. More from uh, Mike Swartz, uh, Pirate Hoops coach, who uh, talked about what he liked on the final stat sheet and what he didn't like. When I look at the stat sheet, I'm disappointed that we they shot 46%. Like, that's not to our standard. I know a lot of those were rim shots late in the game, they, 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 and they do a good job of it. I mean, I'll tell you what. Uh, Del Orso is, is a phenomenal player, and and they have and, and they have several of them, but he is very very yes. good player. I mean, he's single handedly, obviously. I mean, you look at his stat line; it, it's incredible. Uh, but when you look at four for fourteen from three, yeah. we met our defensive goals there. You look at holding them to seven assists, a team that thrives on assists, yes. and then on the flip side, we have seventeen assists. Yes. So those things sometimes can, you know, kind of masquerade. The, the field goal percentage defense of 46% yes. that they had. Uh, we were able to hold them to two offensive rebounds. That was a big premium, our defensive rebounding, and they only had two. And then I didn't think we hit the glass quite as well as I was hopeful that we would. We had nine in the first half, and we only ended up with 12 uh, total offensive rebounds. But, um, yeah, that is a big deal, uh, Coach, to, to not allow them to, to get ring up assists in their offense. All right, here is uh, Coach Swartz on uh, talking about his team being tooted. Or a lot of fouls. We lunged and gambled too much in that first game right, versus yeah. Ferrum. We talked about that, you know, in post game. But by the same token, some 
somehow we have to be smarter with our discipline of, of maybe putting our hands in the cookie jar when it shouldn't be in there. And I don't know if they're all fouls or not. I mean, the tape will tell. And But, you know, uh, uh, be, uh, everyone, and obviously, you know, you look at the foul count and you say, oh, what's going on? That Man, that's a Final Four crew. That, that To be quite yeah. honest, that's yeah. a Final Four yep. crew. That crew could be refing the final Monday night, that exact crew right there. Yeah, I, si- I uh, said that before the, before the game. Yeah, I mean, we, we got we got to – and so we have to be better. We have to be better and understand. And you know what? There may be another game that some of those maybe don't get – it's just the ebb and flow of basketball. Right. And you got – we just talked about in the locker room adjusting – to the way the game is maybe being officiated, adjusting to your foul count, and we just got to be better. But you know what? Game two, uh, November 11th, I said there's not a team in the country that feels like they're at their best right now, no. and and we absolutely aren't either. All right, uh, R.J. Felton goes for 30, and uh, R.J. says uh, it was about doing what the team needed to win on Saturday. Well, I just basically just – just play off what um what the team needs. It just yeah. it just it if if I'm if I'm hot I'm hot. If I'm looking for others I'm looking for others to um get involved. Just trying to be like the main anchor of the team. Like I'm just always trying to think defensive first and and then just play my game. And uh, one more for RJ here before we go to break. Uh, he uh, asked who he models his game after. Hit it. Well, I look at Anthony Edwards on the um, Timberwolves. I'm looking at like two-way guys like Shea Gilgis Alexander. Right. Uh, I look at Demar Derozan how he get to the mid-range. I also look at old clips of Kobe and Mike, just a uh, just a uh, feed off of them like get tips from that all that. All right, great job by uh, our crew getting that ready for you here today. We're breaking. We come back. The great Cy Seymour with uh, Pirate Basketball. Sonny Sunhalder will join us bottom of the hour for some football chatter. So stay tuned as we roll on on this Reaction Monday. Patrick Johnson Show. Download the new IVX Media app now and get the show for your ears and eyes. Doesn't it look great on me? This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. All right. uh, Welcome back. The great Cy Seymour is uh, with us uh, here. Enjoyed being alongside yet again on uh, Friday night, always great to catch up with uh, Silas here, as we will from time to time throughout the basketball season. Big win for the Pirates on Saturday. Sai uh, and, uh, you know, Coach uh, Swartz reflected it in his uh, comments. You know, they've got to be a little better about reaching. You know, they have to adjust to how the game's being called. I think they did a little better job of that in the second half. But that was a, an A crew. I mean, that was a good crew that you will see, uh, could see doing postseason basketball games uh, in March. No doubt about it. The crew was good. good. And I thought ECU played well. I thought – I think I think they worked so hard in practice that they came up – came out fire, fired up, and then they took control of the ball game. But you're going to shove a little more. You're going to push a little more. And uh, But I thought overall ECU came out on top, did the things they had to do. And uh, against a Campbell team that is disciplined, going to run that – Princeton style, they got taken out of it by the Pirates. And a good win, and, of course, I enjoy working with you. It was a lot of fun all day on Saturday. I can tell you that. Cy Seymour joining us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Silas, as far as uh, R.J. Felton, what a uh, performance he had. He got cooking uh, in the – or got the Pirates cooking with uh, a couple of big buckets in the second half. He hit some threes. 
and uh, was uh, also the guy who provided a lot of uh, emotional leadership on Saturday. You know, Patrick, you got to have a guy like that. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna get in postseason play, uh, you've got to have a guy like RJ that does things that you just said he shouldn't be able to do. That he he hits the short jumpers, he gets the offensive rebound and put back when you need it, uh, hits the three when you need it. Uh, and he'll he'll work as hard as he can on both ends of the floor. So he gives you a lot, and, and that's why he's named second team in the American. This conference has great – when you've got, you've got great athletes, and you, when you look at that team, it's going to be Memphis and it's going to be uh, FAU, who both have great ball clubs. It's going to be UAB. Well, now ECU's got a guy on that second team. That means he's at a different level of play. But – Having said that, I thought I thought a key part of the ball game may have been at about the 17 minute mark when Brandon Johnson hit back to back threes to break it open, and it, it, one of them, Ezra Ozar got an offensive rebound, threw it out to Pettiford. Pettiford found Johnson for the three. I mean, it was it was a team effort all day long, and, and just a great team win for the Pirates. We're talking to the great Cy Seymour here on the Patrick Johnson Show, ESPN Plus college basketball analyst, the world's oldest uh, or youngest teenager or oldest teenager, whatever I'm trying to say. Point is, Cy's got more energy. Pilk, Cy's got more energy than you and I even dream of having. You could combine our energy, Pilk, and Cy would exceed it by miles. A hundred percent. Yes, because Cy is is the most energetic guy you know. Uh, He's a lover of life, and that's why we love Cy Seymour. All right, uh, X Factor, I think Bobby Pettiford uh, played better, but I also think he does things, as you noted expertly during the telecast, uh, does things that makes this team different. Yeah, you know, he is a a point guard first. And, Patrick, we've talked about before, you and I talk a lot about this program and where it stands – You've got to have the balance at the point to be able to know when to score, know when to give it up, and know when to get balance on the floor. And Pettiford's really good at it. I mean, better. I haven't seen him play a lot because he's been hurt. But yesterday in a game that's a pivotal game, I think early it's it's a it's a pivotal game. You've got to show what you're made of early. He he had a beautiful dunk. He had great passes. He's he's physically strong enough to wall up guards trying to go to the bucket. In other words, he can put his body on them and stop them. I thought he had a tremendous game. And when you look at the plus signs in the columns, he's one of them. That guy had a really big day. And as you point out on a lot of stuff when you're doing the game, there seemed to be an energy on that team and in the in the building for the Pirates. And uh, I, thought, I thought Pettiford was a big part of that. But I thought Ozar played well. I thought – I thought I thought it was just a team effort. Brandon Johnson hit critical shots. Uh, every kid on that ball club uh, played well and and played with energy. And that's what you have to do in today's game. It can't just be your abilities. It has to be the energy level has to be there every night. Cy, you great, uh, the great Cy Seymour with us here. By the way, Cy, you are the old coach, so I know uh, you can't be satisfied. Uh, the two and zero starting with even with how well the Pirates have played at times in both of the. The first two games. So, what's the next step in your mind with this midweek game that this team will, will need to take? Well, I think what it has to take is you've got to get Debouget on track and Bayala on track. This is a team they've got to have those two guys to go, to go to an even higher level, and they have the ability. They just haven't hit it yet. 
but all the pieces are there. And then, and you know, we've talked about it. They've got to get the two big kids in the basketball game at some point. You know, they just haven't had the opportunity to play the, the kids that are on the bench. Uh, but I think coming up, Patrick, with three straight games during the weekend, they'll get that opportunity. But they've got a lot of talent over there. I mean, you and I both know they had three starters on the bench with two fouls. You had all three point guards out at one point, and, and R.J. Felton had to play the point. They all had two fouls. It was that kind of game. Mazar went out. I mean, in the first half, they had to do it with their bench, and they were ahead with a good lead. So there's a lot of good things that can get even better for ECU. They just got to keep playing and get on this kind of level. But the the pieces of the puzzle are there. Uh, We're talking to uh, the uh, one and only uh, and uh, that is Cy Seymour with us uh, here. All right, Silas, let me ask you a little bit about uh, the upcoming opponent Wednesday, uh, USC Upstate. Dave Dickerson, who was uh, a coach and a, a player and a coach at Maryland, uh, was uh, the coach at Tulane for a little bit, uh, is the head man there, I believe, in his third season. Uh, they've got a Navy transfer in. They lost uh, Kid Ganey, who was one of their top scorers a year ago. Uh, but they have uh, a couple of transfers, including a grad transfer or two, that might be able to, you know, fill the uh, fill the gap there. They played a, two tough teams, and then they played some outfit called Carolina University yesterday. And frankly, that sounds made up. But uh, I did see part of the game, so <laughs> we know it's not. Uh, so what? What? Uh, it? it I, who knows where they're holding their classes? All right. So wh- uh, what do you what do you expect out of USC Upstate on Wednesday? Well, they're, they're, first of all, Dave Dickerson's a really good coach, and, and his head coaching record is not indicative of how good a coach he is. Uh, played at Maryland, uh, and, and, and we, of course, we played him when he was at Tulane, and I thought he did a really good job down there. But, you know, he it, sometimes it just doesn't work out for you. Uh, but he's guided this team to back-to-back 10-win seasons in the conference, in the conference schedule. He's, he's won 10 conference games the last couple of years. That's a big that's a big deal for this program, and now he's hit the portal and he's got some trans grad transfers, uh, and uh, you know, I don't care who you are when when you go on the road and play Vanderbilt and you're up by seven at the half and lose by yep. seven, you've got you've got a pretty good product on hand. So I think when you when you think about what he's got, he he's going to be pretty darn good. He's going to have his team team ready to play. Uh, also, along that line, you know, he's got four guys, as you mentioned, Bailey, Broadnax, uh, and two other guys. They're average, They're all double-figure guys. So he's got a lot of pieces of the puzzle that can work and score for him. Uh, now, how do you shoot it? I think that's going to be a key. But right now, he's shooting 41% from threes. That's pretty darn good. Uh, and then, you, in fact, it's, it, it's almost phenomenal to have a 40, point, 40 percentage point uh in threes he's shooting 46 or 47 from twos they're playing extremely well so will they be ready to play yes will it be and and they have a good history from eddie Payne, from right on they've had a good history down there of playing basketball so it's going to be a game that you've got to get your team ready to play both teams have to be ready to play and you've got to defend the three ball if you look at those percentages and you've got some depth on that team so I think it'll be a good contest for both ball clubs, and it's a chance for, for ECU to get even, as you said earlier, what are we looking for? You're looking for more consistency and more guys getting into the flow of the game. Uh, 
if I'm scouting East Carolina right now, you, you know, if, if you're if you're uh, Dave Dix, you're saying, okay, Ozar hit a three, Johnson hits three. Yeah. That means they, <laughs> right. everybody they've got can shoot threes. That, that's that you got to extend your defense, and that makes it tough on a, on an opposing team when you're scouting East Carolina. Yeah, last thing before we let you go, you talked about uh, Azar making the uh, three, and you know he had that shoulder surgery, that labrum, and and apparently that affected his shooting last year. Uh, is is kind of the word we're getting now, and you know if you think about it, how much he played with that injury and was impactful as he was, he does look a lot freer in the upper body than than I recall him looking at times last year. Yeah, he does, and when and you know he. How about the the ninety four foot dribble and finish at the other Whew. end? Yeah, I mean yeah. that's something you can't teach. And he, you know, he's a freight train going. Nobody got in his way to draw a charge. I mean, he he is he is really quick. He can handle it. He's got a lot of good going. And I, when I look up and you know when you look up, Ezra Zar, Brandon Johnson, and R J Felton all were plus teens while they were in the game. You know, they're they are your veterans and they're coming through. And that's a really good sign. But, yes, I think consistency, I think you, you, you've got a chance to just expand it more out with younger players, and I'm sure they're going to look to do that. Cy, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Always good working with you. Great job on Cy. And look forward to look forward to Wednesday night. Great job the other day. That was just a lot of fun. And uh, look forward to seeing you again on Wednesday. And during the Town Bank Holiday Classic, Cy Seymour and yours truly – Together for six games in three days. Can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> It'll be, we'll get through it, Patrick. We'll get through it. Oh, look! I look. It's basketball. What? Uh, we're not. We're you're, not operating on. Uh, we're not. We're. We're not surgeons. So this. You know. You're, this. This is fun. You're a natural on the air, but it's a lot of fun working with you. I mean, I'm serious about that. All right. Thank you, Cy. We'll see you later. Appreciate it. Uh, tell you what, we're going to get a uh, quick break. And uh, when we come back, uh, Jay Sonhalder will join us uh, here. We'll talk a little bit of the uh, college football weekend that was and uh, get you ready for uh, ECU and Navy, perhaps. But uh, we'll recap the Pirate win and more. And uh, coming up at the top of the hour, we'll be doing the same on Inside Pirate Athletics from Tiebreakers. Stay tuned. It is the Patrick Johnson Show. We are. We are. We are. Riding shotgun with you on the drive home. It's go time. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. All right. Uh, welcome back. DJ Show on this uh, overreaction Monday. Good win for the Pirates at FAU. Jay Sonny Sunholder on the line. No video this time around. Sorry, ladies. Uh, Sonny? Hope you're doing well. No, you had a little uh, medical uh, procedure here lately, so I hope you're feeling good. And uh, you got to be feeling good if you're a Mike Houston Pirate Nation uh, today because uh, some of the strides you've made have kind of paid off with a big victory on Saturday down in Boca Raton, Florida. Yeah, it's always good to get a road victory. That plane ride's always fun to come back home from. But before we talk about football, how awesome is Cy and you guys doing basketball? That's a... Uh... That's so much fun to watch you guys on how it's Saturday. Another another victory, two and zero on the basketball court. You guys do a great job. Well, thank you, Jason Holder. You're, uh, I'll take your uh, compliments any <laughs> any time of day. Um, you know, look, and you've been a part of uh, when you were a pirate. Uh, big kicks, 
to win a game. Obviously, the walk off to defeat um, to defeat uh, Boise in the bowl game. You were part of that. You didn't kick it, but uh, you were part of the team. And <laughs> I was so, blocking on uh, it. <laughs> you were blocking. That's right. Okay, my bad. Yeah. You you were on the field. I was the right that. wing. But um, okay. But with uh, Andrew Conrad coming in and hitting. You know, these weren't, it weren't like he hit a, a you know a twenty three yarder, a thirty one yard. He hit five field goals over forty yards. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it, it's it's huge because for him, obviously he executed, but that helps the offense so much because you know not every drive you can score a touchdown, not every time you can get even close. You have to have confidence that hey, if we get in this range, that's going to be three points on the board. So, you know, obviously he helped win the game. But moving forward here the last couple weeks, that's big for him, you know, as far as uh, the whole team producing and confidence-wise and just really happy to see his performance and what he was able to do on the special teams aspect. Yeah, I missed a couple kicks earlier this year and it uh, uh, kind of goes from goat to goat in a way. Uh, For Conrad, special teams player of the week, uh, Navy will be the opponent this week, Colin Ramos. Defensive Player of the Week. So a couple of Player of the Week honorees from the AAC will be involved uh, in this. All right, Jay, you go to Navy now, and uh, you got uh, some really good performances you pieced together. You got a win to show for all of that uh, work. And, uh, you know, that, I think the Navy deal is going to be tough. You've, you've been a part of that before, so you know how, how truly difficult of a, of a place that is to play. But I also think, Sonny, that uh, with with that game and with Tulsa, you have some games that you have to play well, but you might could uh, finish this season off on a winning note. For sure. I mean, I think, you know, for this team to get that win, I know, uh, you know, it's only win number two. Still, though, that was huge because it shows all the hard work paid off. And now you got to do it again and, and hopefully two more weeks where it pays off. But the teams kept believing, they kept fighting, and they got the reward for that. So good feeling for them. Now you get the win, go in, and you look up and you've got this Navy game and then Tulsa after that. I think these guys are going to be spirited. They're going to be ready to go. I just think the thing with Navy is the challenge is stopping their running attack and how disciplined they are, and that's going to be extremely difficult. But that challenge is going to be a lot better coming in after the win and the team showed a lot of the uh, improvements in this game, and, and I just think you know if you can somehow get two wins here, you know wh- whatever the case is, but continue to get better, which the team is doing, that's positive signs going into the offseason. Uh, Sonny Sunhalder is with us uh, here, and uh, Jay from uh, the college football uh, weekend, Michigan uh, knocks off Penn State, so a big win for the. Uh, for the uh, the maize and uh, the maize and gold is that it, Sonny? The maize and gold, <laughs> maize and blue. Good goodness, that's an inside joke with Sonny and myself. The maize and blue, um, but no big win for Michigan, especially in light of what's happened with Harbaugh, and it, it doesn't seem like the Michigan side of things are all too pleased about how that's kind of gone down. Yeah, I mean, how about, did you see Biff Pogey come out with a tweet that defended Harbaugh, and he's obviously very close with him, but he said he didn't right. know anything about it. So, you know, the Michigan side of it, I, I think the most, the biggest thing is, you know, nobody really truly knows what happened on the inside. I, I think, though, everybody can agree with it. It seems like they were targeted, and the full investigation hasn't come out, and it just seems seems like, 
it was kind of uh, everybody getting together, a mob coming together and trying to put pressure for something to happen to Michigan where there hasn't been a full investigation. And if they if there has been, the, the, it seems like it, it hasn't been thorough <laughs> because I, I mean, for them right. to come out and put that out on a Friday right before the game. I mean, right. when there's so many other things going on, it just seemed like it was a hit job from the NCAA. Um, North Carolina knocks off Duke in overtime. Their students storm the field, even though they're double-digit favorites. Mike Elko continues to prove why he might be the best coach in the ACC right now, and I realize there are teams ahead of them, but this is Duke we're talking about here, and he's done a great job in two uh, or a season plus uh, in Durham. Um you know, we talked about questionable calls in the basketball game. Some really questionable calls in that game. You know, it appeared Duke had an interception late and the league office didn't uh, buzz down or, or the official didn't buzz down to review it. You at least do that, I think, even though it, it may have been ruled a catch or worse, you rule it incomplete. Carolina had a couple guys in the end zone linemen on a draw that ended up being a pass from May. Um you know, so, I mean, the heels caught some breaks, as you would expect. Hasselbeck, by the way, was saying all the stuff you're not supposed to say out loud when you're calling a, a Carolina game phenomenal. for the ACC Network. No, he was great. Yeah. But you could tell West Durham was very uncomfortable with him criticizing the the, resp- the way the game was being officiated in favor of the heels. Wes is going to come at me on that, I'm sure. But, it, uh, you know, come on, give it up. But it was just interesting. He was phenomenal on that game. And I think called it like it should have been called, and and was wondering what all of us were wondering, what was going on there with some some of these yeah. calls. It just was tough on the Blue Devils. Now, look, both teams are ball bound. Duke's got to win some games here to try to uh, avoid being six and six. I think they'll do that. Uh, the Tar Heels, big chance for them at Clemson this weekend. What do you what do you see happening? Uh, well, let's just talk about that game, uh, Sonny. I mean, obviously a, a great game. And, and look, UNC won it in the end. Yeah, I, I mean, well, first of all, in Hasselbeck, he was phenomenal. And he, he was Excellent. on that Miami-Georgia Tech game when he was going after Miami when they blew that game. And he was going after the coaching staff of Miami when, when they didn't kneel it and when they blew that game. And he was great on that. He He's one of the best out there. Um with the UNC game, I mean, they caught breaks. The, that play, and he, Hasselbeck said it, it should have been, I mean, who knows if they overturn it. To me, that, that should have been, uh, it should have been Duke's ball. But they, they didn't even right. buzz down, which was crazy. Um, but, I mean, UNC caught breaks. They won. I, I just think it's amazing what Duke's able to do, which is really their third quarterback, how good they are and how disciplined yeah. they are and just how they look. I mean, Elko's phenomenal, and you know, he, he's probably going to be offered that A&M job potentially. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what, what he does. But I'm a big fan of his. I, I think UNC, I mean, their offense, I saw them in person a couple of weeks ago. Their offense is, I mean, phenomenal. I think really top five in the country. They're, they're that good just with their talent. I, uh, I, I think it's going to be interesting, though, because there is a lot, of, uh, a lot of holes on their defensive side. And really, in some aspects, they got lucky to win the game. I think Clemson is playing much better um, right now, and going on the road to Clemson, that's going to be a tough game for them. I'd, I'd give the edge to Clemson there. Yeah. I don't like uh, UCF. We all know this. None of us really like them. They're in the Big 12 now. They've had a tough season there, uh, but they did get their second league win the uh, this weekend, and they just blew out Oklahoma State. Was this a bedlam hangover 
for Okie State. Uh, it was homecoming at UCF, so the crowd was hype. Uh, they had a rain situation there, but uh, that, that was probably the biggest surprise score to me out of any this weekend, you know, top 25 or just any any uh, this weekend. I couldn't believe it. I mean, Oklahoma State, to get that victory and then come out laying egg, I, I don't know how it could be that bad. I, I don't know how you could come out and, and just underperform it. I mean, UCF, you know, being at home and they're, you know, they're, they're fine, but I mean, they, they shouldn't be, was it 45 to three <laughs> better? Um, so yeah. I think that's more of a case of, you know, UCF having a pretty good day, but more a case of Oklahoma State just, just, uh, just laying an egg. I mean, that, that's got to be terrible for them now realizing the opportunity they had and then blowing it like that. I still think Oklahoma State is good and probably the better team overall, but they, they picked a bad right. time to play terrible. Picked a bad time to have a bad time, indeed. Uh, and, Sonny, yeah. last thing uh, for you here. Georgia just kind of, you know, walked the dog, ended up walking the dog on Ole Miss. Um, who knows with all the stuff surrounding Michigan? I mean, I think we both feel like Michigan's maybe the most talented team, but I, I, Georgia's kind of been lurking all year, and, and they've had a couple statement wins the last couple times out. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, I mean, really when you look at it, Georgia and Michigan are the two best teams. Again, and, and I think they're on a collision course to, to play in the national championship. But there's going to be interesting tests because Michigan's got all the stuff going around the program plus Ohio State. And then, and then you know, after that, you know, we'll see Big Ten championship or whatever. But the job is not done there. And I think Georgia, you know, everybody's kind of been maybe, you know, for them to be a top, you know, couple top number one team or top two or three all year, people haven't really they've they've you know said they're maybe not as good, but I think it's just the case of they're so good they're kind of sleepwalking and getting better, and, to, and now they're going to really start playing their best ball. And I, I think Carson Beck is a real quarterback, so I, I think you know I think they are they're probably <laughs> going to be just as good as last year, <laughs> and I think it's going to come down to those two again. Great stuff. Uh, Jay Sonny Sunholder, thank you, my friend, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Yes, sir. Thanks, buddy. Great job. All right, there he goes, Sonny. Uh, I'm headed to tiebreakers. Uh, Pilk will wrap this puppy up when we come back.